Welcome to Fire Headlines, where we cover the hottest topics in fire service news. I'm your host, Samantha Didion, and today I am joined by our panel of one, Chief Jeff Buchanan. Our other panelist, Chief Bob Horton, is away this week. But it's not just Jeff Buchanan and I running the show today. Also joining us is Jeff Griffin. Jeff Griffin is the Division Secretary for the Western Fire Chiefs Association. But Jeff, I know that's not all you do. So can you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself? Samantha, thank you. I am the division secretary for the Western Fire Chiefs. And uh, fortunately, uh, for the last five or six years, been the lead division secretary for the International Association of Fire Chiefs. By trade, we do risk management and safety. We work a lot with uh, workers' comp insurance companies and liability companies, and then with individual departments to try to make sure our firefighters get home safe at night. Been very active with the NFPA standards and with IFSTA. Awesome. Well, we're so happy to have you joining us on the show today. And in honor of October being Breast Cancer Awareness Month, our topic today is the threat of cancer in the fire service. A recent article shares that a $20,000 FEMA grant was awarded to South Portland firefighters. This grant is to provide preventative cancer screenings to their crews. Chief Buchanan, I'm going to toss it over to you first. Can you tell us how firefighters are exposed to cancer-causing agents in their daily work and what your experience with this has been? Yeah, thanks, Samantha. Great to be here as always and really appreciative Jeff joining the show Cancer is such a difficult topic. And you really, there's there's two major epidemics going on in the fire service today: behavioral, psychological, emotional health of firefighters, and and really cancer related challenges that are really really striking firefighters in a in a big big way. And you know, it's really difficult to hone in on any one way that they get exposed. Frankly, there's myriad ways that they do. Uh, run into chemicals of uh, that can cause cancer from when they're interior in a fire to when they're pulling out of the station. The exhaust actually is really noxious and and creates and wreaks havoc on on firefighters. And a, and a big piece to that that puzzle that we're getting better now. Firefighters are getting better at cleaning their turnouts. A couple of decades ago, when I got into fire service, it was a, a badge of honor to have dirty turnouts with soot on it, on your helmet. And why it was a badge of honor? Because it said, hey, Jeff, you were just in a fire. And you could show that to everybody. You got the soot, you got the char. And it again, it was a badge of honor. I'll use the phrase again to show everybody that, yep, I had to work in fire. I got good work. And I was in there. I was doing it. And we made a lot of firefighters made mistakes of not cleaning their turnouts, uh, in particular, your flash hood, a flash hood. When you look at an ensemble of PPE, a lot of the listeners know, but for those that don't know, uh, personal protective equipment, what it looks like is you have turnout pants, they're puffy pants, they look like snowmobile type pants, and you have a, a coat underneath the coat, you have a, a hood that protects your neck and your, your face. And then you have the SCBA that you put on the face and then you have the helmet and, and gloves and, and boots. And what we used to do with the flash hood is after certain points in the fire, when we would come out, we would just take the flash hood down and wear it around our neck, kind of like a 
I don't know, I don't want to say it. I mean, it looked kind of like a scarf, right? Instead of taking it off, you would leave it there. And what we didn't realize what we were doing is all of that nasty stuff, all of those incomplete particles of combustion that's in the smoke, all the carcinogens that were soaked into that flash hood were now sitting on our neck for extended periods of time. And we weren't washing them. And now we're getting better with that. So there's a lot of different ways to, to get exposed to cancer. And, you know, you look at this article, which is inspirational for me, and I'll, I'll share a little bit maybe later on in the program about, you know, some really, really tough experiences for me personally as a fire chief and and, and just as a, as a person. But what I really like is Ben Franklin said an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And you got to get after this preventatively and not be reactionary. So um, kudos to uh, Portland for, for making this happen. Jeff Griffin, I wanted to hear a little bit of your perspective on this topic from maybe the insurance world. Thank you, Samantha. All 50 states now have some form of presumption with cancer, but it varies greatly. Some states have four specific cancelers, cancelers that they will uh, insure or require insured as a presumption. Uh, some states have all cancers. So it varies widely. And what Jeff said is spot on. We want coverage for our firefighters. We want to make sure that any illness that they pick up from the work is properly covered. <clears throat> That's going to take us a long time to get to that place with uh, the insurers. So what we really need to focus on is the prevention side. Until we have the proper coverage, and quite frankly, even when we have the proper coverage, our people are our asset and preventing it is much better than trying to fix it after somebody's got it. So Jeff's spot on with, uh, with the fact that there are so many different ways to for our firefighters to be exposed, whether it's diesel inside uh, a station, whether it's a, a, a working fire, and clearly our PPE, our turnouts are the number one thing we need to focus on. Most departments now are doing a great job washing the, the turnouts, cleaning the turnouts, but it's the little things that we overlook, our helmets, our helmet linings, our air packs. You know, we, we don't touch those. You know, we may have spick and span turnouts from them being washed, but are we cleaning all aspects of our PPE and how are we transporting that? So how we don and doff our turnouts is critical. How we store them. Once we've been exposed, are we bagging them, taking them back to the station, or are we throwing them in the front seat of uh, the engine company and, and letting that those carcinogenics get into our living environment? It is critical that there be a moment in time that bifurcates from the event to how we live. So when they get to the station, making sure that we're not taking those carcinogenics into our living quarters. The insurance companies are struggling with it. Uh, when you think of an, an injury to a firefighter, it's usually in the moment. It's a, a fall off a ladder or um, uh, a, a slip and fall at a scene. So, so cancer really stretches workers' comp companies' minds on, well, when did you get it? Where did you get it? How do you prove you have it? The presumption laws are great because they presume we got cancer from work. The challenge is which cancers are covered and which aren't. And we've got a long ways to go to make the workers comp, to help the workers compensation companies understand the exposures that we have. 
What cancers are firefighters more prone to? There's a number of wonderful studies out. Probably the most impactful is called the Meta Study. And if you'd like it, uh, contact the Westerns and I'll make sure that you get a copy of it. Lots of studies, great studies out of Canada. But the one that I enjoy the most is the Meta Study. And it actually puts percentages. So in one group, one type of cancer, a 40-year-old firefighter versus a civilian counterpart, 40-year-old civilian, is 800 times more likely to get a certain type of cancer. So the meta study, I think, is one of the best. Uh, IFF has a number of great studies, and a group called the National Council on Compensation have some studies available. But there are some good studies, good data, and different body parts are much more likely. Uh, Most of you will know a guy named Dr. Uh, Dennis O'Neill. And uh, years ago, he did a lecture on cancer, and he said to the first definitive cancers associated with smoke were done on chimney sweeps in England. And uh, what he drilled down and found was that a certain group of chimney sweeps were having a, a, an elevated number, uh, number of cancers, in particular testicular. And what they learned in England in the 1800s was that they weren't very clean. Uh, some would wash their hands after they do the, the job. Others would not. And the ones that weren't were getting contact to those carcinogenics in the smoke and the soot. So there's a lot of great studies. There's a lot of recent studies. The meta study, I think, is the best one. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah. So reproductive cancers are are certainly high for both men and women. Thyroid cancer, and and I think you can do an indication from from the flash hoods. You know, further on the reproductive side of things, just to dive a little bit deeper. What a lot of firefighters do is they'll take their, to be in the ready state, they will put their turnout pants close to the back door. Well, that's also an exhaust port for for diesel. And if you're not diligent about hooking up the exhaust system, which many fire departments use a company called Plyma Vent, then if you don't hook it up, then that exhaust can discharge and sit in your turnouts so when you put it on and so that that also is another way that it it hovers in that kind of reproductive areas is where i'm going with it but you got thyroid cancer brain cancer kidney cancer and there's uh uh, there's some blood cancers out there that are very prevalent um it, it really it's becoming this type of situation that jeff kind of lays out where the prevalence of cancer in general is higher and they're finding out more and more and more kind of contacts. And, and I'll tell you, it's just, it is absolutely devastating to, to an organization. I can tell you uh, a friend of mine, he's a fire chief for San Bernardino County and, you know, a huge leader in the fire service, San Bernardino County uh, fire chief, Dan Muncie. I just saw him uh, yesterday and he was going up today, unfortunately, to, I believe it was Sacramento to their fallen firefighters memorial because he had uh, a couple of deaths of firefighters and one of them was was cancer related. And so uh, heart goes out to him and his organization for for both those those deaths that they they suffered. And uh, it, it just it's, it's the hardest thing that you can do, Samantha. I, I've I've unfortunately had that task where I've had to kneel in front of a mother and uh, her two young children and present a flag for the firefighter who's now gone from cancer. And it's, uh, 
It's devastating. And so we have to, we, we just have to get better. And Jeff just outlined so many different ways to do it. You gotta, you gotta clean your turnouts. You gotta, you know, there's so many ways uh, you have the climb event, you have cleaning your turnouts. Uh, fire, fire leaders are becoming more proactive in station design, making the interior of a station clean. As Jeff pointed out, they are pressurizing certain areas where you keep turnouts in the station so they're not exposed to exhaust. And a best practice that's highly controversial across the country is clean cab concept. That is, is no soil turnouts in the interior of the cab including your SCVA. And believe it or not, believe it or not, firefighters are not, they they want to have their SCVAs inside of their cab most times because it's quicker for them to put it on, which is great for the community and really bad for them. But there are some fire departments across the country that are really trying to embrace this clean cab concept I think it's a step in the right direction. It also is one that, again, it's it's very polarizing for firefighters. So it's a, you know, this is a real challenge and it, and it takes an all hands on deck approach. Jeff, can you explain for our listeners who may not know, what is an SCBA? Yeah, absolutely. Self-contained breathing apparatus. It's your, it's how you breathe air. And uh, it, it's, it sits on you. It's kind of like a backpack. It's like a, it's like a skeletal backpack with a, with an air cylinder in it and it, and it, you have a face mask uh, so you can go into hostile environments and and breathe air and it has been a much overlooked piece of personal protective equipment as jeff pointed out that in the past has not has not been cleaned and now and and that's I, I, you know again i'm not gonna get uh, over my skis and pretend to be something that i'm not but most of the weights of an air pack sits on your lower back and guess what anatomical feature is in your lower back retroperineal space would be your kidneys so is that a direct relationship maybe and and now we're doing a better job of at least what we call gross decon you'll see firefighters being scrubbed with water and soap coming out of a fire which you know again these are things that that weren't taken into account before. So yeah, it's uh, it's the air that they breathe in, in that harness. Jeff, to, to add to that and, and why it's a now moment in time, 20 years ago, the fire that we fought was totally different than the fire we fight today. Uh, they were mostly natural materials, wood. Today, as much as 80% of a new home or a new commercial building is either plastics or it's petroleum products. So the fires flash faster, they burn hotter, and, and they burn different. So you didn't see the same exposure from 20, 30 years ago. And today what we're rolling on are high chemical events that are moving extremely quickly. And it's a different now. Uh, it's, it's a new now. It's a different time. And these are some pretty heavy topics, especially if you've had to go to the family of a firefighter who has fallen due to cancer. And so I wanted to ask what support systems are in place to assist firefighters who do develop cancer? Well, some of the programs that are in place are, you know, peer support teams, behavioral health, you know, from, from that aspect, they, they, have, they have support. I think that in many cases, you know, Jeff pointed out the kind of from the workers, workers comp. Uh, perspective, there are 
lots and lots of city administrations that are very, very supportive of of taking care of firefighters and, and these presumptive cancers. So I think that that's important that elected officials and, and, and leadership, they understand the situation and they're, they're, they're supportive. Um, so I think that that's, that's really important. I think that when it comes to cancer and really any significant health issue, I think the IAF, the IAFF brings a, are really just a, a strength to the table too, where they have resources that they can couple with the fire chief, and the fire chief can reach back to the, you know, to the IFC and uh, and their state their state fire chiefs association. It really becomes a an increased situation for collaboration, and there is a usually from all the fire departments that I've I've ever known that has experienced in a, a cancer uh, or a, another work-related injury or sickness. It is, it is a tribal mentality. People come out of the woodwork to help that agency, even if it's an agency that's super small and that doesn't have the resources. You merely pick up a phone call, and sometimes, most times, you don't even have to do that. People are calling in and reaching in to that affected agency to help them out it's it's one of the many many great aspects of the community of firefighters and fire service yeah if you're you've got it you nailed it and we are a tribe and the one thing i would encourage all fire departments if they don't do it when when we identify a fighter fighter who has cancer and now they're no longer on shift or they're not doing volunteer work and they're at home they're living a very fearful time you know, this is cancer is one of those words that that shakes you to your core. Am I going to live? Uh, what's going to happen to my family? And one of the most important things we can do is stay in contact with that individual throughout all of what they're going through. Workers comp companies may accept or deny the claim and and they're in a very dark spot. And our tribe needs to the chief, the assistant chief, the shift officer. We need to stay in contact, be there, and be a support network uh, throughout this, this entire process. Absolutely. And for our listeners, we will have a list of resources on this topic available in our show notes. But I want to thank you both for joining us today, and thank you to our listeners for tuning in. A link to the article we discussed can also be found in the show notes. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And if you have a question for the panel, please reach out to us at fireheadlines at wfca.com and let us know what's on your mind. We'll see you back here next week for more Fire Headlines.